Man, episode 40. Can't believe we're still here. I mean, both in the sense as a podcast, but also surviving Golta. I know Adam tried his hardest to take us out, and things were definitely looking hairy. Won't lie, but we survive. Of course, gotta send good vibes out to old Grub. Much love to that space worm. Who knows, maybe next time you can kill us, Adam. You never know. Well, hey, since I'm here and alive, figured I'd get one more installment of our Aslanti lore in. This will be our second, so sit back and let the hate flow through you as we dive deep into the history of the Aslanti. Now, the rise of the Aslanti is something that is entrenched in mystery and conjecture, just as its end is one of misfortune and hubris. One of the things that scholars have settled on was the corrupting influence of the Algolthus, ancient and powerful aquatic aberrations who were the catalyst in the development of early Aslanti to further their own malevolent agenda. During this time, the civilization reached the zenith of culture and society, outpacing any other civilization in technology, art, philosophy, and science. Of course, all civilizations rise and fall. The ruination of the Aslanti came from their own pride, and the closing of the curtain came fast, sudden, and loud, bringing with it a chain of events leading to a new era called the Age of Darkness. Fast forward to Starfinder, we now know that not all the Aslanti died. At some point during their glory age on Galarian, they got into the idea of exploring other worlds. Of course, many of these experiments resulted in failure, However, one succeeded in ways unimaginable. Through the use of portals, possibly a blend of magic and technology, they were able to traverse to an unknown star system. Thousands of these brave yet zealous pioneers of Aslant culture made the dangerous journey into the unknown vast to form the colony of New Thespera. At some point, these portals no longer functioned and it's unknown as to what caused their collapse. There were claims of incompetence and haste using forces they hardly understood, or perhaps some ill-fated accident, and even some inquiries into whether this was premeditated by some crafty saboteurs. Regardless, once these portals shuttered, they never opened again. The colonists were on their own in this new world, forever severed from their home planet of Galarian. On this expedition, the governess, Erinestria, Determined and enterprising, took this as an opportunity to establish the colony as the new home of spacefaring Aslanti, and instill in her people the great purpose, the duty to continue the traditions and education carried from a millennia of generations of Aslanti on Galarian. This great purpose galvanized the citizens of New Thespera to thrive in their new home and eventually brought their version of humanity to the cosmos. Erinestria won the hearts and minds of her people and was crowned as the first Imperator of the flourishing Aslanti Star Empire. Despite her passion project, she would die before Aslanti could sow the seeds of hatred in other star systems, isolating them to their own system and denying them of their great purpose. After these events, much of the Aslanti Star Empire's history was lost due to the gap. What is known, through various sources and the revelation of the Drift brought about by Triune, is a continuation of the Empire through a new Imperial Dynasty. A powerful artifact created by the founder of this current dynasty, 
and that with the advent of drift technology, the Aslanti have been able to pursue their long-denied great purpose. From settling one star system, they have since moved on to conquer another 12 star systems to add to its ever-growing territory. Well, that's all I can fit into this segment, and there will be more lore to come in the future. Thanks for sticking with me, folks. There's a lot to the Aslanti, and every time I do one of these, I get so wrapped up that I have to go back and find a finishing point. In the meantime, let's see what the crew does in their downtime back to Outpost Zed in episode 40, Zed Hash and Beyond. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs> so this, so this is how we're going to start. I'm just, I'm just gonna mash this up, and this is gonna be a new barbershop quartet version of the theme. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, We'll introduce we this add, every time. Yeah, we should record. We should actually do that in person. Hey, like, just do, let's get like drunk. Yeah, and then just record on our. The iPhone. next yeah. time, no. Yeah. The next time we're all SDF here, gone. like all together in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all together in person. We need to make sure that we get a solid fucking recording of that. And I'm like not like not even a rehearsed one, not even one that like we like no. choose instruments. Oh no, yeah. No, we just like no. go at one, it. Two, three, we, go. we go at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We go at it on the back so, of picklebacks. Yeah. So but if mm-hmm. that if that's happening while we're drunk, that means Zach has just given us permission to make sure he gets drunk. Because he doesn't exactly. fucking drink mm. ever. But you're mm. included in this, my guy. I'll have to get like two bottles of vodka. I suggested it. Uh Fully understood what was uh, involved. Hey, right. you know? I, he, he understands just, the exchange of color. Me, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's worth it to get the the uh, undoubtedly horrible acapella version of Dang Flackle Dang. Let's get it. Let's get <laughs> it. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'll take one. I almost forgot the name this. of the intro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, listen, I appreciate that, y'all. Y'all just lifted my spirits a little bit. I've been feeling a little deflated the last couple well, of weeks. That's yeah. bummed. You lacking some I, you know, flackle or some dang in your life there, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I really, really thought I had you there, John. <laughs> Really did, and it's yeah, just been bumming yeah, me well. out the last couple of weeks. Uh, no, I, it, I always get weird in between books. I've talked to you guys about this. The transition in between books, like it's exciting, but it's like also the time that I get really like in my head as a GM. Truly, and um, and we're and we're doing that, and I, and I got some interesting things in store for you. Uh, in regards to starting book three proper, but I think that we still have some things to sort out 
on the Epic Tracer, the not the least of which is apparently a, a annoying little fly or something that is just all up in Oren's face, like just buzzing around his face, and he just can't handle it. <laughs> Uh, what, what, what you guys can't see at home here is Zach is very determinedly trying to smack a fly. No, it was a spider that was like <laughs> on, just a, on a spider <laughs> It was on oh, a, like on its little string, like it's even coming better. down. I could just see it right in front of my, you know, like, oh, oh no, Don't no, 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 get no, you. that's not gonna cut it. <laughs> I honestly am not sure if I got him or not, so I am gonna be super paranoid for the rest of the session. I hope everyone. You're just gonna have that. to burn your house down. That's the only. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I was really I confused agree. by that. I like. I, I was like, "What is this bit? Like, what are we talking about narratively here?" <laughs> I was like, "What did we go I, over yeah. some flies in his face oh. kind of shit last time?" I was like, "Surely not." I don't drink that much. This whole thing is. It's nice to have your smiling faces all back at the top of this, these episodes. It's been it's been too long, and I've, and I've and I've missed it. I've missed you guys coming to the table excited to play and, and not stressed about things. Um, can, can I say you're on the back half of? Yeah, I actually am. Like I, I've been one of those of us. If it's not all of us, that's been like, yeah, I'm fucking here. <laughs> for the last like you know several episodes i'm really excited i'm really pumped I'm, I'm excited to play some starfinder although i'm pretty sure this is not going to be a very mechanically interesting episode well maybe not but i do think it will give some insight to where we're heading in book three which i am excited about book three is going to be a totally different experience for you guys than what you just went through thank god um total mind yeah i think you i think you're gonna enjoy book three a as, lot as um, long as i can keep my weapons and armor through book three like i'm fine i won't no, be mad no, it is no. recommended at the beginning of the book it says make sure all players maintain their weaponry <laughs> and armor through the rest of this uh you know adventure um <laughs> okay but there's some some things we got to clear up on the ship you guys had your little meeting with sedona you know, you've you've agreed to help her retrieve the rune drive out of Aslanti hands, specifically uh, Sarda Zolan Ulvestra. You know, uh, but you've got to go back to Outpost Zed. For one, you've got these prisoners still on the ship, and you need to get. Well, they're not prisoners anymore, I guess. These um, freed people, people freed yes, folk that you have to get back. Free folk back to Talmarin. And um, if you remember, Hashachir has also offered you a place to stay when you come back. So keep that in mind as you get close. But you've got about a day left on your journey. You guys spent most of your time training to level up and all that kind of stuff. I imagine Fel has been looking over the ship, considering some potential improvements that you can make once you get back to Outpost Zed, that kind of thing. Yeah, on that note, Adam, uh, something that I have considered, and I don't know I've actually talked to you directly about this, how you would feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love surprises. Oh, Please oh go boy. on. I know you do. Um, <laughs> no, I had an idea that, you know, I, I invoked Mask, the AI in Fell's Exocortex, for the first time a couple episodes ago. And I've been considering, you know, or I've been toying with the idea of having that, not, not that exact same AI, but like a fork 
off of it, basically take where it is right now and branch it off specifically separate from what's in the exocortex of Fell and have it be the ship's AI. Like to have an actual AI counterpart in the uh, Epic Tracer. Just as a thought. Uh, Okay. Uh, That's certainly something to consider. I, I tell you what, you can audition your new AI on your body first and we'll see if i like it for the epic tracer see see so on on that part i was thinking that you as our ever benevolent gm would play that like it it wouldn't make sense for me as a character or as a player to be that character i say i say that you know with sass but honestly i would like for you to develop the personality of it for which I could then be inspired to play it. Yeah, for so sure. So I'm I'm certainly down with the idea of it. I would like to see you develop a little bit more in your relationship with it. We haven't seen much of your AI, so yeah, no, and, and um, that's it, I think again, that's definitely just something an, to work towards. You know? Just an idea that I wanted to pitch that like something that I think might be kind of cool to have. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a very cool idea. I am not opposed to it. In truth, um, so. We last left you guys kind of eating dinner after several days of training. Um, your favorite crustacean thanked you for saving his doomed life. Uh, he slurped his way off. We're going to start on the day of arrival to Outpost Ed. So you have about 10, 10 hours or so before you are going to be in the vicinity to reach out to Hashachir and Doc. So, what is Mike doing in the morning? Uh, Mike, uh, after his day or two of drunkenness and dealing with uh, his own guilt and shame and all of those things, uh, has a new resolve. And I think the first thing he does in the morning is he's going to go and wake up uh, Zeno. Hey, Zeno. Hi. Hi there, boy. And if he doesn't wake up, he pours some water on his face. From his water bottle. That might Zeno not be short pleasant. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Short circuits. No, yeah. So, I think they're water. I'm, Johnny I'm, Five I'm, Alive. I'm, uh, <laughs> Johnny Five Alive. No. Well, you, I mean, you, you've healed up, right? I mean, you've yeah, healed yeah, up. Yeah, at that point. You're fine. Uh, almost a little bit of like kind of a human size, just kind of like kind of like shit closes his eyes you know just trying or i uh just trying to blind him i mean like keep himself from being blinded from the light coming it's like what, what do you want uh you're gonna get up right now what time is it <laughs> i don't it doesn't matter it does not matter you're gonna get up right now and you're gonna come to the gym with me <sighs> well there's no arguing it when you set your mind to something you asked it you asked for this i did not know it was going to be so soon yeah, well. I suppose. <laughs> All right, well, give me a moment. I need to get dressed. Yep. I give him a moment mm. for him to get dressed. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> but, I stay, uh, but I stay mm-hmm. in the okay, room. Okay, so fast. Yeah. Awkwardly. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We're in the gym. So, so we're going to go to the gym, okay? And uh, once we get to the gym, I mean, like, I instruct him initially. It's like, get some gym clothes on for one like don't come in your fucking flight suit or whatever but we get we get to the gym and uh so look i know this ain't gonna be easy for you right but we're gonna train 
we're going to train because I want you to be less susceptible to this grand notion known as death, right? Yes, I'm becoming much more familiar with it. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so we're going to train a bit. <clears throat> but before we start training, I wanted to talk to you about something, right? Is that cool? Uh, we're talking now. All right, so your boy fell. You're well aware he saved your life, right? He revealed that to me in the med bay uh, just earlier. But uh, yes, I've been quite contemplating it quite a bit. How do you feel about once we get back to Outpost Z, of course, after we've had a bit of time to train you up, uh, to die, you know, less often. What if we made him an honorary member of the APA? I'm not against that. I, I think he's earned that spot. Um, yeah? Absolutely. I, I have nothing against that. Uh, if, when do you, when do you plan, uh, so, an um, outpost culture, culture, you said? So is this going to be with uh, Outpost Z? I'm sorry, Outpost Z. <laughs> I understand you had like an eye ripped out and another yeah. one shot yeah. out, yeah. and you may have some uh, <laughs> brain damage. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. yeah, we're going back to Outpost Z. Yeah. The thing is, I want you to bring it up to him. I don't want to be the one to bring it up to him. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. Um, so once we do get to Outpost Z, I suppose there's going to be some ceremony, uh, I suppose, in the style <laughs> of Mike. Correct? Ceremony. We're going to take him out drinking. Oh, of course. We're going to get him drunk this. as hell. Oh, and we're gonna get, if, he's, if he's down, if he's down, consent is important, we're going <laughs> to get him an APA tattoo, right? Uh, <laughs> He just kind of, he just does kind of just almost laugh at like out of the corner of his mouth a little bit about that and just sure hey, sure absolutely I'm with you on I'm on board with this don't absolutely. shrug it off I got you to get one right uh, that is true all right so cool I'm glad we're settled on that and now we need to get to training and uh, Mike hits you in the mouth with a boxing glove like I was not ready for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we train. And, yeah. We train for a little bit. I mean, the focus is on uh, him uh, learning how to defend himself mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit better, especially mm-hmm. against a powerful and superior opponent. Mm-hmm. All right, so what is Fell doing during this dive. time? Speaking yeah. of Fell, on his last... Dodge and dive. That's, that's yeah, how you stay alive. Hooking. There you go. Slip so what is, what is Fell doing, speaking of Fell? on this last leg of the journey here. So Fel is going to try to seek out Mike to talk to him about the, uh, the armor changes or upgrades or the work on the armor that he wants to do as well as, as sorry, as well as his own personal armor. So what is Mike? I guess Mike would be in the gym training with Zeno at this moment. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so look, like Mike is always going to be alternating between the gym and the place that you would be working on the armor. Yeah. Can we have, can we just have Zeno like sweating as a fat kid, like trying to avoid you know? Oh, I mean, you're getting <laughs> fucked up for yeah. a little while for sure. Yeah. But so, Phil, where you're go, you're trying to find Mike, right? Yeah. So, so Mike and 
and Zeno are in the gym in the early hours of the morning. Okay. So a little bit later, because Fell is not one to wake up super early, uh, he goes into the gym and I guess still sees them working, doing what they're doing and approaches Mike and says, Hey, uh, Mike, so about this armor that you wanted, it's like, you mentioned something about it, but like, what do you, what do you actually want to do with it? What are, what are we working on? Oh, right. So like, uh, excuse me, my good friend Zeno, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to make some armor for myself, particularly that wouldn't encumber me so as much so much as far as like uh my movement speed if we're talking mechanics but also would give me more slots to upgrade it that's that's what i want okay um, okay so, cool well uh and, and i turned i turned to Zeno and i'm like look we've gone for like two hours now i've hit you in the mouth a bunch of times uh i'm gonna keep hitting you in the mouth a bunch of times <laughs> And maybe it'll make <laughs> He's just you like, tougher. Okay, time out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time yeah. out. Uh, but this is gonna happen some more, probably in about an hour, hour and a half, two hours. But look, good, good session. All right. Go take a shower. I'll get back with you later. Right. Yeah. So when he does that, I turn to uh, Fell, and I'm like, Hey, keep your fucking trap shut, right? Yeah. Let's go work on my armor, but you know the other thing as well. And, and I'll go <clears throat> and work on armor as long as I need to. I, I mean, you know, as well as I do. We're going to work on armor for Mike and then a surprise set of armor for Xena. Based on that, I'm I'm judging Xeno's performance and dictating what kind of armor he would need based on that. Yeah. Well, in, in the process, you know, Fel is going to want to make some changes to the Aeon Guard armor that he's been wearing yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, said, or sorry, not Apo said, at uh, Golta, and yeah, he basically is going to want to tailor it to himself a little bit more. You know, get rid of the the rigid like military structure that it has. The the, the just kind of I don't know regimented feel that it has yeah. wearing it. He wants it to make it wants to make it more comfortable. Wants to make it more more fell, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, like we're gonna go to. The, the the lab or wherever we're going to be working on armor and that's that's going to be a thing that we're smashing on for a little bit of time um and then yeah i mean it's going to take more than a few hours to get this built but you guys certainly can get started on well, it well it's, it's also something i mentioned in the last episode that we would are already have been like making the plans for you know like we, sure. we yeah. already have been working on this idea so all right what about the captain so Ziva, uh, while Mike and Zeno came into the um, training area, uh, she kind of made herself scarce. She said, okay, I'll let them have their time. And she went back to her cabin. And she's going to call up the vid screen and is going to record a message to uh, Uli. Um, So she calls up the screen and she starts off. Um, hello, little mother. Um, it is I, Nariko Zivarashni. I hope all is well with you and that everything at the pools is going swimmingly. Uh, I wanted to let you know that we are still out and about assisting 
our mutual friends. And that all is well, but that we will be continuing our journey. And I wanted to make sure that you are prepared in the event that I do not return to the pools. We have come a very long way and it seems there is much, uh, much longer to go still. I know that you will be entirely capable of taking care of everything and everyone there. I, of course, have every intention of returning, but just know that I thank you for all that you do and all that you will do. And keep a spot for me. Talk to you soon. And she closes the vid screen. And it's just gonna kind of sit on her bed and kind of meditate for a little bit. That's Very nice. where she's at. Very nice. All right. Uh, what about Oren? Is he just kind of like chilling? And what's he doing on the last day? I mean, generally speaking, I would think that if there wasn't something going on, that Oren's going to be sitting at the helm, you know, reading a book, just waiting for the time to jump. You know, I don't, I mean, he's certainly not uh, going to be in the gym or anything like that. So, typical pilot sitting back yeah. reading a book. I mean, <laughs> waiting for the to, for the no, word to no, jump. No, it's so exciting, <laughs> so exciting. But like, what would Oren do? That was, that's what Oren would be doing if we weren't all together or something. Well, Quick I mean, question. that's what Oren was doing the first session that we like first time you were introduced to him. He was kicked back reading a book. Yeah. Did we establish that that was basically space? What is it, Louis Lamour, Louis Lamour? The yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He was reading space <laughs> yeah. Lu- for sure. Louis Lamour. Yeah, that one. <laughs> So while he's reading his latest Louis book, he gets just about to like the climax of his story that he's reading and the little signal light comes on, letting you know that it's time to come out of the drift as you are approaching the outpost Zed beacon. Okay. So yeah, Orin slams his book down. Oh shit. And uh, buckles his seatbelt and like gets on the comms and just says, all right, everybody, it's time. And he'll uh, start flipping switches and getting ready to uh, exit the drift. Yeah, so you kind of like simultaneously cut the power from the drift engine and shift it over to your thrusters as you just kind of... And like the reality kind of around you just fizzles for a second in, in this purple and white like kind of cloud structure where everything and nothing is around you at the same time. And you're like back in regular space and you can or- see up ahead of you... Like, Orin lets I don't out know, a little sigh of maybe relief. another hour away. Yeah, yeah, you made it. You made it. It's, you know? it's still, and, it's still weird every time. Zed. Never thought I'd be glad to see this shithole. <laughs> right, it's like maybe thirty minutes to an hour away. Um, assume you call up passenger, right? Oh, I, I'm not on comms. Orin is not a linguist. When we left, when we were leaving drift uh, space, you got on the comms and said, "Hey, we're we're coming out of." Yeah, third gear um so yeah uh ziva would have come out and kind of hailed for mr hash <laughs> yeah so the frequency takes a few moments 
and then comes up and you see Hasichir and his strange kind of insect-like, beetle-like head. And he says, It's a pleasure to see you. I did not think that you would return. Here are the coordinates to my space dock. Please come and enjoy the pleasures of my relaxation pods. I am sure that you need it. I'm feeling much better, by the way. I'm feeling almost spry. <laughs> For poops and giggles, can I do a sense motive? Uh, sure. Oh, okay. Nat uh, 20. Talking t- t- about a natural 20 on that. Yeah, I mean, For a 34. Looks- Sorry, I just needed to throw that real number out there. <laughs> So he definitely looks a lot better. It looks like whatever sickness was plaguing him has finally started to abate as it's not been continuing to be festered by those little spider creatures that you, you know, that vermin that you put to rest. So he's actually been able to heal some. I mean, he still has some like scar marks on his carapace or whatever, but for the most part, he's, he definitely seems much more vibrant and he seems excited to see you. Okay. I mean, legit excited to see you and, and, happy that he himself is alive to receive you so um yeah we kind of return uh well ziva returns the sentiment says we look forward to seeing you too very soon and she kind of smiles and closes comms and heads heads into dock yeah so uh take us in oran yeah as we're docking uh in in the moments before we actually dock I, i think mike Wants to go and and as quickly as he can talk to Sedona. Okay, is that okay? She's like kind of strapped in, uh, you know, in one of the passenger seats or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, he he comes to her chair. He knows he's. You he's, can like kind of strap in next to her or whatever. Well, I think before he even straps in, he wants to uh, you know come up, put a hand on his shoulder, and and kind of lean into her ear, and. Just say, like, look, I I know we didn't get much time to talk in this uh, crazy situation we've been put in, but I just want you to know uh, I missed you and I I care very much about you. And he kind of like starts to crack up a little bit and just like gives her a hug and it's like, well, she's seated in a harness, but she reaches out to she reaches out yeah, to the, take your hand. The, the best she says, you "Come." Can she do. says, "She says, she says, come, come, sit, sit next to me, Michael. Let us arrive together." And you know, she kind of gestures to the jump seat next to you, next to her. You know. Yeah, and he he sits down, starts to strap in. And he's like, "I just, I just wanted to. I don't know." I just wanted to be near you, Mum. Yeah. And she, she holds your hand still, and then she puts her other hand on top of your big claw. You know, she says, "Oh, I, I know, Mike. I, I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad I'm here. Our work's not done, but well, I feel better knowing that we're going to do it together." She just kind of rubs your scales a little bit, you yeah. know, to try to, to it- soothe you some. It it warms Mike's heart. I mean, he has a yeah. a tough time trying to say I love you and he's not saying it, but you you know what it is. You all know. Yeah, what it and is. she's like kind of giving you like it's it's fu- it's it's I understand, Mike. Yes, it's cool. I'm I sure. feel the same way. 
you know right. <laughs> no so no need ab- you know about this time we like hit you know tr- lock all the way in and orn lets go of the controls and undoes his seatbelt turns around and says well we made it folks you almost got yourselves killed but i sure am glad you all made it let's get the fuck out of here and he gets up to walk out <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. All right, well, how about a new map, folks? How about a new map? map. Oh, boy. Map. Has to cheers space dock. Ooh, okay. Mm. That's pretty neat. Snazzy. Neato Toledo. Look at that. Uh, So, yeah, you arrive kind of in this little space dock bay. That he has, like Hatchetier's got a pretty decent little bay. You see this whole set of tools here that's used to work on starships. Um, And there's a great place for you to dock. And it's like almost like there's this force field that kind of protects. uh, What you see in front of you is all open space, but there's a force field that's kind of wrapping around. If you can kind of see that blue line, that blue bar is like a force field that protects the vacuum of space from intruding on his dock. And your ship can kind of like ease through it and your little um, ramp that descends kind of descends out and you can step into the space dock and you turn around and you look and you have this sense of just like looking out into the vastness of space. Like you can't really see the force field, but you know, it's there cause you're not dying, you know, um, <laughs> That's a giveaway. and you see it. Yep. Right. Right. Dead and giveaway. You see We're here, uh, standing on a raised kind of catwalk directly in front of you. And he's waving to you and he says, well, I never thought I'd be so happy to see a bunch of non-insects. <laughs> uh, please, c- come and join me. You know, he ushers you to the stairs that are kind of to the left of you. Yeah, guys, I just really want to point out that right now, uh, the Tracer's HP is at a clean 59 out of 65. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little upset that you didn't Thank just you. change Thank it. You, like, Thank you, Z. Thank you, Z. That 58. So clean, a clean 59 out of 65. No, 59 out of 65 fits. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't change the max to 55, which is the problem. Uh, yep, you're, I apologize. I do bad but, numbers. But 65 sounds great. It does. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're coming clean close, 59. man. I feel yeah. like it's close to the same ratio. Yeah. 48, 50, 55. Yeah, yeah. 59. Yeah. 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 yeah, pretty close. It sounds great. I didn't want to let that slip, okay? <laughs> it's appreciated. Thank I'll, you. Yeah, so. I appreciate it. I'm glad you found that. You saw that. Okay, great. So please, come Come enjoy my space dock and, and my pods. I know you need the relaxation. Yeah, so Orin steps off the tracer and makes abs- like lets that non-insect comment just ride. And he just turns and like points out towards the space dock and says, Hell of a view you got out there, Chief. Uh, I feel pretty happy about it. It took me a long time to get the credits I need and the uh, respect to get a place like this, but I'm very pleased, and I'm glad that you are pleased as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, you can see, and Orin just starts pointing out, like, all these different constellations to him, you know, like, just for the first time, just, like, 
feeling not serious. And well, he's, he's like, like legit, like, w- like kind of blown away by it. Like, wait, what? Uh, there, there are names for these patterns. I thought I was the only one who saw patterns in the stars. No one here will talk to me about patterns. Yeah, look me up sometime. Uh, I've got some literature. We're here now. Can we talk about the stars? Uh, we've got other things. we got other fish to fry, but, yeah, but I like your spirit. I have some brochures. Uh, all right. Uh, let me show you these pots. And so he takes you um, you into, let's see, I'll take you guys as a group into this room. So he kind of walks you through this airlock space and then into this hallway. And then into the left, he takes you into this room that has... This room, you see a row of six glass-fronted pods resting along the western wall of the sterile room. Hanging over the pods are several robotic arms housing a smorgasbord of grooming and surgical tools tailored to meet the needs of of myriad species. A computer workstation stands along the northeastern corner. What appears to be a wheeled couch can be pulled out of an alcove in the southeastern corner a large door exits to the east this is the door you just came through so these are rejuvenation pods y'all um so they can accommodate a medium creature or lower in an upholstered cushion anyone resist resting within a pod for a minimum minimum of six hours awakes refreshed completely groomed and with the benefits of detect affliction and remove lesser condition if needed upon them Uh, The results of the Detect Affliction spell are displayed on a digital readout on the front of the pod, but a creature still needs to succeed at the ability or skill check to identify the target's specific afflictions as noted in the spell. The pod also removes any waste from a creature's body, negating the need for a lavatory in the space dock. Furthermore, each pod has a place to insert a credit stick, and for 450 credits, a creature can receive an infusion of any common serum of an enhancement. This process takes six hours and is completed while the PC sleeps within the pod. And what is a serum of enhancements? So it's like a one-time thing, but like boost, you know, and you can look it up in the meantime. Um, We'll get into that off air, but uh, basically the serum remains dormant in your body until the affected PC activates it as a standard action, which at at that point, it lasts for an hour. Wow. So only one serum can be infused into a single creature per 24 hours. Um, but it's a, I mean, these are amazing pods that basically rejuvenate you, regenerate you, and make you stronger every time you sleep in them. Now, to get that little extra boost, it's going to cost you some money. But as I said, you can look into that later. But he just shows you, he says, please, you will be able to sleep in these on the house. Unfortunately, I'm not the one who facilitates the serums. That is the company that provided these. But you can use these pods for free. And, well, if I may say so myself, your ship looks like it could use some repairs and upgrades. I'd be happy to do that. Phil chimes in. You're yeah, filling that, up to that it, would man. be that that would be very much welcome. But I'm curious about these pods. What it, it, it is this something that like? I mean, I don't want to try and take one from you, but is this the type thing that we might could in, install on our ship? 
I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I've never put one on a ship before, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Give me some time to look into this for you. So, I'd appreciate that. When we walked into this room, Ziva immediately recognizes these pods. Like, I imagine that there are some at the pool. Like, not a whole lot, but a, you know, couple. Sure. Um, and... There are similar ones. Obviously, these are a different yeah. brand and of different make, but you've certainly seen things like, I mean, you have a whole room dedicated to this yeah. at the Pools of Paradise. And yeah, you, nice. guys, you guys see, like, the first, like, flare of, like, vein Ziva come out for a second again there, and it's like, oh, oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Oh, my gosh. And then when uh, Fel starts talking about maybe putting one on the ship, she brightens even more, like, yes, yes, let's look into that. That oh, this is very good. Very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of starts, like, like tweaking. <laughs> yes. yes she, yeah, she's all about it. Yeah, if we're good, yeah, she's gonna uh, hop right in. We have not prisoners. We have well, well, yeah. You have people. the prisoners to deal with, I think. First, <laughs> Ziva's getting in the pod, and you mentioned that, and she's like, "Oh, of course, yes, yes, I knew that." <laughs> <laughs> There'll be plenty of time for that later, Captain. <laughs> I mean, don't worry about me. I'm just a gross crustacean. Oh my god! Just leave me on the ship. I just want to. <laughs> I'll just die here in the corner anyway. I want to push him out of the 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 thing, the little glass yeah, that's just not glass. Completely, one hundred percent out of character. Just go in a corner and fucking die. Yeah, at this point kind of like realizes the situation and like walks over to the crustacean and puts a clawed hand over its mouth and says shut up these are the ones that saved us you mentioned that you knew Talrin I would very much like to see her and we'd very much like you to take take you to to Talrin just just give us a minute all right okay that's fine (laughs) Okay, we've had a minute. We're ready to go now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a whole but, minute, guys. Yeah, it's been a minute. And we're just like, okay. Uh, but I mean, no, I assume we would want to definitely, for lack of a better term, offload these guys as soon as possible. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And get our money. Getting paid. Making our way to the tunnels. Yeah, so I'm not going to switch maps for you, but this this not connects. This is all part of the same station. And um, you make your way kind of through the different pipes and stuff of the station to get back to the main area that you're familiar with, right? And you kind of work your way through that back little alley to get to the pipe that Talmer comes out of. And you knock the rhythm on the pipe. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm sure that's exactly it. Um, yep, nailed it. And, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, and Talman comes out with great gusto. She kind of does a, a front flip and lands in front of you. She says, It is I, Talman. You return. Yeah, yeah, it's you. You sound surprised. I am surprised. I did not think that thou would return in all of your group. Well, we suddenly tried not to, and she'll kind of wink at Zeno. Um, and she says, but no, we have returned with a few extras. And kind of beckons yes, for the I rest. I see that thou has brought my old companions back to me. 
all of a sudden you see such humility come over her face as she like bows and almost like prostrates herself in front of in front of Mothkala and the crustacean and the Shireen. Seek cheek. Uh, she says, I am so sorry. I I couldn't I couldn't save you. I had to leave. Please forgive me. And Mothkala just walks over to her, picks her like like picks her up by the shoulders and like holds her right in front of her face and like this is the first time you've seen like an actual like grimace on her face. Like she looks pissed. And then it slowly breaks into a big toothy smile. And she just says, Well, we're here now, and we're no longer part of that fucking prison. And just brings Talman in for a big hug. And Talman obviously looks very relieved. And then after that, she kind of hugs everybody, comes back to you, and she says, Yes, I do think that I promised thou a reward. And so she transfers a thousand credits for each prisoner that she asked. So that's 3,000 credits to the band fund. Boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom. Woo! Ching! And she says to all of you, she says, You know, thou hast made quite a stir. You are, thou are the talk of the station. Your exploits at Outpost Zed did not go unnoticed. Ed, Ed Galter, you mean? I think you shall find that thou's reputation has increased here. Though I must think that the bounty on your head has increased. Yeah, I figured that would happen. Well, I've always fetched a high bar, a high price, anyways. So. Hmm. And Ziva, I have something for you. And she and Talmrin jumps back up into her pipe, scurries around. You hear some stuff kind of scurrying around, and she comes back out and she has like a little cartridge that you recognize as a hollow vid. She brings it to you and she says, I have scoured the universe for this and I have found the thing that I think that thou would appreciate. She hands you the hollow vid and you look at it and it's baby's day out. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is going to be some amazing thing. And yes, it was some amazing thing. Um, And she (laughs) says, I I have also started a restaurant and I would love for you to come dine there. I have some special help that works for me. I would love for thou to see it. Can I put you down for a reservation? Of course, for for our party, of course, yes. But of course. Ah, of course. Yes. We would love to. Uh, we would love to uh, attend your restaurant. It's uh, very, very exciting to see what you have to offer. I shall put thee down for a prime table on Friday evening. Yes. Wonderful. 
Absolutely. We look very much forward. And she kind of looks around and like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go, aren't you? Yeah, 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 of course. And then she looks to her reunited companions and tells them to come, 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 I have many things to tell you, many projects that we are doing. And they all kind of scurry and Mothkala kind of like squeezes herself in the tube and you hear her going, is this the best way for me to get here because it's a little tight? But she manages to get herself out and and she kind of turns as she's leaving and she says, Mike, can you come here for a moment? Of course, dear. Thank you from Vesk to Vesk for saving me and my friends. Can I... We get coffee one yes. day? Yes. The answer is yes. It's always been yes. It will always be yes. I had a slip of paper with my transponder number on it that I was about to give you. But yes. Uh, but, uh, 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 and you and you see a look of like I don't know sadness or regret kind of come over her face, and she says, "Yes, Mike. Let let's let's have." coffee and become better friends yes yeah for sure look I understand like I've got a past as well but I'm not at all opposed to making a new friend over some coffee yes yes that sounds wonderful Mike I shall see you soon and she kind of squeezes her way back into the pipe um, and you know you're you have offloaded the prisoners so to speak been paid for them um, and got a dinner reservation at outpost Zed's newest restaurant yeah that sounds exciting we're pretty bougie I can guys. only imagine based on the vending machine what kind of fantastic <laughs> dishes they'll serve well polyps. here at the high quality restaurant that Talmarin's opened <laughs> It's to call the name of the space of the residents of Outpost Zed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so is there any other stops that you want to make before you kind of settle in for a little recovery? Anybody else you want to check in with? Let know that you made it back? I mean, Fell's definitely going to check in with Half Red. Okay. So you guys kind of make your way over to the marketplace. Um, the, the meatball thing just the hairy meatball just screams at you as you pass but it's like in like like basically saying hey hey i know you hey hey you know just screaming it but but you know not saying that in common but uh, of course this little screecher eeps mouse chicken looks terrified as mike walks by but does not pull the shades down i i don't even look at him okay and then half red is sitting there and as soon as she sees Fell kind of come through the crowd, like part his way through the crowd and, and into her line of vision, her entire aura just swells with like yellow and pink, just just swells. And, and you can just see the light from her iPad just like, just flashing, you know? Yeah, so Fell walks up with a similar tablet and he has music notes, trumpets, and flexing uh, biceps. 
he straight up pulled up John Cena walking back up there. <laughs> My God. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, exactly. Blah, blah, um, yeah. You know, she puts up the blush face emoji and um and, and just as soon as you walk up she like wraps two of her liquid tendrils around you and pulls you in right to her cuttlefish face and like it's just like <laughs> pulsating with like joyous color and fell skin matches the tone it's really the sweetest thing you guys have ever seen even if it's a little weird um nope just weird just weird. Not so I imagine. <laughs> yeah, Zeno's just studying it like a life science check, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine. I mean, so you tell her, you kind of have this, like, hey, I'm okay. You know, we don't have to go through the whole emojis description of Galta, you know? You, I imagine you find a way to at least get the general idea, right? You, re- yeah. you realize how yeah. mad you're Eggplant making peach our emoji. listeners right now? Like, you have. Oh, well, there's going to be. Don't worry. It's gonna be. There's gonna be plenty. There'll be emojis, folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, as a player, am literally right in this moment, and before and after this episode, am studying emojis to try and figure out <laughs> yeah. how to. Communicate. We need to give Josh some time to learn how to communicate in emoji. I, I, I feel you, Josh. His <laughs> only I mean, emoji like, is shrug, like, guys. It's the only one he knows. Yeah. The that's the only that's one he has. All one he knows. The shruggy. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> one you need. Knows. I hate it. I hate it so much. He knows, he, knows, he knows shruggy, eggplant, and peach. That's it. Exactly. What there else you do you need to know, man? So is, down, is, that what you, is that what you're sending to Half Red? Is a shrug, emoji, and peace? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, it opened please. up with a John Cena. Like, no, come on. A peach, a, a, a fucking eggplant, and they're shruggy. <laughs> yeah, so you, you basically oh, kind dude. of catch up the best that you can. In, in rudimentary symbols, um, but I, you know, you have a you have a date that you promised her, and after yeah. some time, she kind of like casually and almost like aura in her water sphere kind of shrinks in a little bit as she like timidly puts up the little food emoji and wine emoji with a question mark next to it, and Fell responds with a couple of thumbs ups. Oh, okay. oh, whoa, dude, come down with- like, like, oh, like, crap. like, absolutely, of course, <laughs> thumbs up, smiling emoji, like big grin, you know. Okay, sign explosion. Eggplant yeah. peach. So she, she puts <laughs> a big grin, raising hands, like, like yes, we're absolutely going on a date. So she puts a clock in in a question mark, and they, I guess, fell settles a time with her within the next couple of days. Okay, you know good all right and she like like once once that's established her sphere kind of swells back up to its full size and it's like just pulsating with like pink and red or whatever and 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 she like hugs you again and then kind of pushes you away and kind of is like okay well i'll see you then you know like at this point it's now like a a, a, a thing and she doesn't want you to see before the the day you know See now, me, Josh, as a person, that's fucking silly. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I get it. I'm down with it. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. Um, yeah, it'll be great. Um, so while you guys are over there, that's if you remember, that's kind of at the far end of 
the marketplace and at the at that end is also the entrance to the kind of casino area uh, which is where the spider pirates like to frequent and I imagine Mike's just kind of like leaning back kind of maybe against the walls this is all going down just like kind of watching not intruding and all of a sudden you feel this like tap on your shoulder just a tink 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 small little tap on your shoulder what's up mate you turn around and you see your favorite spider pirate you want to give me the name zach because you say it so bright fruit. bright crackle flicker dim bright bright oh yeah crackle flicker dim like i have a, I a hard time saying it you see oh, yeah, him my, my boy bb yeah um <laughs> and he's just like you know his crystals are kind of just pulsing with that yellow light but he hands you a piece of paper well he hands you two pieces of paper one is an old flyer of you for a boxing match, like one of your uh-huh. old ones. And, and like, oh, wow. you, you can kind of get the sense that he's like excited, but he's like, you know, kind of putting it in your face or whatever. His yellow lights are definitely like flashing. And then he, you, it's almost like you can kind of hear him like laugh with anticipation, like, you know, this crystal cracking sound. Crackling. Yeah. Yeah. And he provides you another piece of paper, this one much newer, like almost brand new. And it's a picture of you, like your old boxing mugshot, you know, promo picture, with a versus the Paralith in a <gasps> boxing match that oh, says what? set up by the Glimmershaw Parrots. First uh, of have- three. Oh, shit. I have to do series? <laughs> look, so, look, hold the fuck on. Hold the phone. Alright? So like that doesn't that doesn't happen in boxing. Alright? Boxing is not a best of three sport. No, so it's not a right? it's not a it's not a best of three with this one. He's your first opponent of three. <laughs> oh, Ooh. That's better. So, uh, we got some yeah, street fighter uh, shit going down. I'm really. And the first one is Paralith. <laughs> the first one is a big blue motherfucker that I yeah. was scared of to begin <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I turn to this him. It's gonna be neat. Better and get I ready. look at him and 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 <laughs> I give the like tactical eyes to him and I point to the paper. And I don't know that Mike would have any other way to express this. And so he just says it and he's like, are you fucking serious, mate? Uh, and it, it, it kind of it, it kind of like just stands there firm. And Is just like nearby? Pushes, uh, no. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, um, <laughs> but he just kind of, I mean, he doesn't really understand you. So he just holds the the picture up again so, just kind of like yeah so so i take the picture of the first fighter and i point to the it flyer. And I, yeah. yeah i put up one like the finger like one and then i do like a shruggy emoji uh with my body <laughs> and then i do <laughs> like two and another shruggy emoji like who are the second two <laughs> Uh, it just does that weird crackle laughter again. Doesn't doesn't make me feel any better. 
<laughs> I don't uh, think you were supposed to feel better about it, though. <laughs> like, who the fuck am I fighting? I got three fights in a row. I might lose the first one. Yep. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I fucking like look at him. It reaches. He I'm, reaches like another one of his legs up and like pats you on the shoulder. Kind of gives you the uh, like. You got this. Consolation. Yeah. You got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like whatever is equivalent to a shoulder on a spider pirate. I put. I like. I'm. I'm real irritated. I won't lie, but I put a hand on his shoulder or whatever and shake it like, you know, I'm not mad at you. And then I rip up the first fucking picture, and fucking, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like. You can't see what I'm doing. Goddamn visual humor doesn't work in this medium. <laughs> I like point at him and point at me and point at him and point at me and point at him and point at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then finally he's frustrated enough that he's like, he rips his fucking shirt off and he puts a thumbs up. Says, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. Uh, he claps two of his legs together. Just this weird, like, clap, clap, clap. You know, and he's like, and he's all the meanwhile just like really patting you hard on the back and uh and he then like reaches with another one of his legs and pulls out of some weird kind of thing that straps around his a weird body. orifice not not really an orifice <laughs> but he's got this weird belt that kind of straps around Fanny his thorax pack. or whatever and he yeah he reaches into it and he hands you a like a bookie sheet like a betting sheet with your, oh, that's all this is? With uh, your name on it. Um, can I... Can, hold on. <laughs> you hold the fuck on. <clears throat> I immediately... Can I read it? Is it in a language that I can read? Probably no. not. Probably no. not. Tight. So I, so I don't even know what he just handed me. Right. Tight. So I, t- I want to turn around. Is, are any of my party near me? I'm assuming we're all together. Oh, yeah. Yes? Yeah. I yeah. mean... So I turn. I, I want to turn specifically to <laughs> Zeno and Aaron and be like, "Hey, fellas, um, I think I just got entered into a boxing tournament, and that's like more than I actually know. Um, I'm fucking worried, right? What am I gonna be boxing?" <clears throat> Uh, Mike's freaking out. Mike is freaking the fuck out. Like who? Like look, he's a tough son of a bitch with a long history of boxing. Well, you can always back well, out if well, you feel I, you've I gotten imagine, too old. <laughs> I imagine we'll have to Mike, dig into that in the future because we'll I, fucking see you. Well, sort of. That's where we're gonna leave y'all. What? But. There's one more thing that I want to do to really set oh. off book three. Oh God! Okay. And I, I I need your help as usual. Can I get some? Can I get some doodly doos? No, fuck you. No, we open up on a scene of a young boy, maybe eleven, with black hair and nearly violet eyes playing in his bedroom. 
The decor of the room is stern and ornate, but not without luxury. The child's bed is filigreed with golden trim set in a deep mahogany wood with a silk sheeted mattress laid in the frame. The walls are adorned with framed posters of magnificent starships of various make and origins. Everything in the room speaks of wealth and power, but with a dignified amount of restraint. The child himself is dressed in a purple three-piece school uniform and his textbooks lay open and ignored while the boy is focused on a model of a large carrier ship that is in the later stages of its construction. A severe woman barges into the room, also dressed in purple, with her hair pulled into four tight buns atop her head. Her eyes land on the young boy and with a scowl she snaps. Solan, you are supposed to be studying your work. The time for toys and childish things is past. You will not embarrass the family and you will pass with the highest marks so that you can be enrolled into the Honors College of Aeroness University. The boy looks back to the woman with a tinge of sorrow, but responds, Yes, mother, and puts his model to the side. Zolan's mother nods, and the scowl is replaced with a loving look of empathy. She walks over to the child and gently turns his head to face her. I know you love your ships, Zolan. You always have. But if you want to command your own one one day, you must put in the work now. You know that the Imperial fleet only accepts the best, and you are the best, Zolan. Anything else is a disgrace. The boy nods and does his best to put on a face of control and power for his mother. Now, my son, I have not come here just to berate you for dreams and childish behavior. Today is your birthday, and that means that you are to receive your first Aeon Stone. The ceremony will be this evening, and your father will be home and in attendance. He is expecting nothing but perfection from you during your ceremony. Anything less would be a disgrace. So study hard. She punctuates her statement with a brief kiss on the child's forehead, and then stands and exits the room. Zolan Ulavestra waits a moment until he is sure that she has gone, and adds one more piece to his model ship before returning to his studies. Then we fade out and back into a new scene. We see Zolan Ulavestra now in his 20s, standing on a stage, rigid and dignified. His long black hair is slicked back and his eyebrows are reminiscent of, of the severity of his mother. He is dressed in green and purple regalia and he is standing at the forefront of an entire class of what must be graduates. The Dean of Aronis University is giving some long-winded speech about the glory of the Aslanti Star Empire and its future in the hands of Aronis University's young promising graduates. But Zolan's mind is already drifting to dreams of interstellar travel and his ambition to find new and more efficient ways to wield the might of the Aslanti Imperial's fleet. He only barely hears his name and shakes himself out of his reverie to step forward and receive his degree and accolades. A short time later, Zolan is at his graduation party and his father approaches him. There has never been any sign of love or affection from this man, and today would be no different. Zolan's father is dressed in a deep purple tunic with a green ascot tucked beneath. His chest is decorated with medals and ribbons, and a deep green cape with a high collar drapes majestically over his shoulders. 
With nothing but business on his face, he approaches Zolan and says, All of this pomp and circumstance is meaningless. Your mother insisted, but I find it foolish and frivolous. You have merely done the bare minimum of what was expected of you. Top honors is not a reason for celebration in the Ulavester family. You are expected to be the best, and anything less is a disgrace. Now it is custom that you take the title of Sadat, and you shall. You will take control and responsibility of a prison moon on the outskirts of our star system. Zolan was no longer able to keep his face a mask of emotion, and he protested, Father, I am to be an Imperial fleet. I am to be a general of one of the great dreadnoughts of the Aslanti Star Empire. Zolan's father merely scoffed and held up a hand. You will indeed be part of the Imperial fleet, Zolan. Your mother saw to that. However, you will not be a general. Your duty is to the honor of this family. And this is how you will serve and honor the Aslanti Empire. You have always been a dreamer, Zolan. This is why I could not understand you or respect you. The world has no place for dreams. You will soon see what becomes of those who fail to use their logic and act beyond their station. Gota should provide good lessons for you. I will hear no more of it. As soon as you finish your basic training and are given your Imperial Fleet assignment, you will use your one-year leave to establish your governance of Gota. You can fly if you want, but you will not be a general. Now, go pretend like you are having fun, for your mother's sake. And the scene changes again. We see Sardot Zolan Yulvestra, this time with a few more wrinkles in his face, gray patches at his temples, and a much more confident swagger in his posture. He is in his office aboard a freighter ship, the Star Runner. He is wearing a military coat that is a deep shade of eggplant. The golden buttons match the tassels that trim his purple cape. His desk is piled with books and ship models, but this time it is the model that is ignored as Zolan has his focus deep into a large tome. We can see over his shoulder that he is researching some of the earliest histories of the Aslanti Star Empire, specifically their attempts to achieve interstellar travel. These histories predated the drift, and Zolan had turned his interest into methods of interstellar travel into an obsession. The page that he is currently reading describes the myth behind a lost ship named the Royal Venture. Zolan is wrapped with excitement as he discovers that this ship was supposedly outfitted with a technomagical engine referred to only as a rune drive. Unfortunately, as he continues to read, he finds nothing about what, it pow what powered it or how it was supposed to work. He would have to find this ship and study the rune drive himself if he wanted to learn more. Yet all he can do is find several prospective flight paths that the Royal Venture had been considering. The Sardot picks up his communicator and pulls up an encrypted channel. Lieutenant Sharu, I have found something. And the scene shifts one final time. Again, we see the Sardat in his office, but instead of models and books on his desk, there are five files spread out before him, compiled for him from the bits of information Olaraja was able to uplink to him 
before the unfortunate turn of events on Nicondus. The first file is on a Vesk named Michael Agamesson. There is no record of birth on this ex-boxer turned mercenary. The Sardot notes that he is a convicted killer, though it seems he got off on some technicality of self-defense and was able to avoid jail time. The filthy and unrefined logic of robots, Zolan thinks to himself. The second and third files outlines pretty standard histories for a pilot soldier and a squeezed out by corporations mechanic. Meaningless dots, specks on a paper to Zolan. The fourth file is the largest file of the five by a long shot and describes in great detail the works of a Nariko Zivarajni. The slave turned madam had managed to make quite a name for herself, yet the Sardat can't help but think she is over her head and is likely going to lead her companions straight to their deaths. The Sardat can only hope. These nuisances will have to be dealt with after he uses his rune drive research to secure his position as a general. Flying to Nakondas and wiping these upstarts off the universe will be his first act. Yet it is the final dossier that interests him the most. One Xenophilus V. Another filthy machine meat that yet may be the key to unlocking the mysteries of the rune drive. Zeno's file was full of applications for grants and lab assignments that all tied around the study of drift technology and improving the efficiency of it. The android from, Nikondis, from the Nikondis colony had yet to reveal her secrets, and the Sardot muses that it may because her will is too strong. Perhaps he should just kill her and have his scientist at the lab extract the information from her corpse instead. However, if he could tap into this Xeno's dataset, perhaps he could crack the code of the rune drive at last. At that moment, the communicator on his desk chirps from a private line, and Zolan answers. Yes? What is it, Warden? Zolan's face changes from boredom to concern to anger, and then into joy as the Warden speaks to him and describes the situation at Galta on the other end. Once the Warden finishes her report, Zolan calmly responds. Your orders are to stay with Sedona. I will send a team of soldiers to support you. This group of invaders leader is a fish out of water whore who fancies herself a captain. I expect you can show her the true meaning of being a leader. Finally, and this is of utmost importance, Warden, do everything you can to kill the android that travels with them, even if it means sacrificing yourself. Do you understand? The Sardot barely waits for her affirmative response. They cannot escape with the android, either of them. Hold the prison down, Warden. Excellence is the bare minimum. Anything less is a disgrace. And we'll see you. <laughs> oh, okay. snap. Oh, oh, yes. oh. snap.
This episode has been sponsored by Roll20. This is how we roll.